Join the conversation with Tommy Weber. Pro and college baseball coach Tommy Weber brings you cutting-edge interviews and thought-provoking commentary in a weekly podcast dedicated to baseball, sports, current events, and the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and TommyWeberBaseball.com. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TommyWeberBaseball. It's time to get the conversation started, so here's your host, Tommy Weber. From the Gotham Podcast Studio in the heart of downtown New York City, the greatest city in the world, my hometown in Tribeca, this is The Conversation. I am Tommy Weber. Welcome aboard. It is a little taste of winter here in New York City. It's going to start to get cold, and uh, World Series, of course, is over, and we turn to the Hot Stove League in baseball, a lot of winter discussion, where guys are going, uh, free agency, and all the like. Uh, Tonight, very, very special guest, somebody who it's been far too long between uh, conversations, if you will, um, just to give you a little background on my guests. So uh, in the Cape, season ends in 2016, and we start to look at the roster. Uh, what do we need to do to get better for 2017? And well, one of the decisions was, I said anyway, we need to get more athletic. We need more versatility. Well, here's this kid from Western Michigan, you know, not a, not a name brand school necessarily, but uh, freshman All-American, stole some bases, hit for an average, plays every position. I said, this is the kind of guy we got to get. So um, sure enough, uh, 2017 rolls along and... Um, I remember being uh, doing some early work, I think it was, maybe the first day or two that we were there. And uh, I was probably doing something inane with a couple of the returning guys like AJ and Gahagan and a couple of those other guys. And a uh, kid walks over and says, can I get in? And I was like, can you get in? Of course you can get in. This is all about you, man. And basically from that day forward, uh, I don't think a day went by during the 2017 season where I didn't interact, work with, help, uh, get help, uh, learn, and help learn uh, my guest, a uh, Western Michigan freshman All-American, right now a farmhand in the Cleveland Indians organization, a dear friend, and uh, somebody who holds a very, very special place in my heart, and I'll get into that later on, uh, Connor Smith. Connor, how are you? It's great to be out here, and I'm excited for a good Good, uh, good podcast. It's going to be fun. <laughs> well, uh, uh, it, it's, it's been a long time, so you should have a lot to say. But um, let, me, let me ask you first and foremost, uh, how are you feeling? I mean, are you uh, physically feeling well? And, and, and what are you doing uh, as the offseason ensues to, to get ready for next year? Yeah, uh, I'm feeling great mentally, physically, everything. Um, basically, our season ended um, early September. We got eliminated from the playoffs. I was in short season A um, with, the, with the Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. And I am back home in Midland, Michigan now where um, I was born and raised. And basically, uh, they gave me an off-season you know, routine with weightlifting, throwing, hitting, you know, everything in baseball-wise um, to kind of get me, get me where I want to be and where I need to be for spring training. Um, but also I have to go back to Arizona, uh, Goodyear, Arizona, which is where our spring training facility is at, um, at the end of November. And then I have to go back again, January 7th. Um, so kind of twice in between, um, you know, this, this time off, but, um, it's good. Just kind of keep, keep track on all their, all their guys and, um, strength camp out there and just, 
there's some good things out there. So What's the duration? What period, how, how long do you go in November? Um, it's November 27th to December 15th. Oh, well. And then I come back home for the holidays and then I go back January 7th to February 1st. So that's a good chunk. Now, is that is that basically conditioning stuff or is it going to be a lot of work um, as well? Yeah, the, the the first one I go to, so the end of this month is for all the first-year players, it's called, right. so all the new drafted players mm-hmm. this past year. Um, we all go out there. And then the second uh, stint where I more, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like strength and conditioning camp, kind of get the get your arms ready for um, um, for spring training so nobody comes in, you know, not throwing and right. um, just so they can keep a track on you know, how everyone's doing. Now, do you get a manual or some? Or you have access to something online where you go and that program is, is basically set yeah. forth for you? Yeah, they are very technologically savvy with, with all that. Um, so we have, yeah, like it's an app um, that you can get on, on your phone and you have your own account and um, you, you go in and basically it has your entire workout um, and basically you put how much weight you did for each, each uh, you know, uh-huh. workout that you did, uh-huh. each set, everything. And they can, um, so once you submit it, it goes to the Indians and they can see, okay, this is what he did for this one. Right. Next week, let's ramp it up. Are you, throw, are you throwing yet? Um, I do all year. Um, I started that last year, started throwing all year round, maybe just twice, three times a week. Because um, when I was growing up, and even in high school, when I took time off, um, when I came back to start throwing again, I would, you know, get injured somehow. So okay. This past year, I started throwing, you know, twice, two times, three times a week, about every day. Um, just kind of, you know, keep me loose, keep me not not necessarily long talk um, during this off season time, at least right now. But um, I'm still throwing two, three times a week. So uh, that's just, just a light catch. That's that's your own. A wrinkle in the program that's not prescribed by the Indians. Correct. Okay. Correct. And they give you that kind of latitude. They do. Um, it's kind of. I'm sure position players is different than pitchers. Um, but I went before I left. I kind of explained that to the guys, um, like the strength and conditioning and trainers and stuff. And they said, you know what, like, it's, and that's my that last year was the best my arms ever felt. Um, uh-huh. strength wise and flexibility and everything. So they just were like, yeah, you know, just, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, if you have any questions, you know, let them know or ask them or whatever. But um, I'm sure with pitchers, it's a little different just because they have a lot more, you know, stress on their arms and all that. But give us some insight. Um, this is some, a question I hear a lot. You know, of course people have their own preconceived notions of what it's like, uh, after playing a season professionally, take us through your day, mm-hmm. a, a routine day for you during the off season. During the off, okay. So I'm <laughs> kind of crazy about my workouts and everything like that. Like I, I can't not have it the entire day, or else I feel like when I go to bed at night, I'm like, okay, I, I missed something here. So I, basically, I, I get. I noticed. About, I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I get up about seven thirty eight. Um, go to the gym at nine. I try to, um, from about nine thirty to anywhere from eleven, eleven thirty, I'm there. Um, training, flexibility, stability, every everything imaginable that um 
I can kind of do to get my body more ready for, for spring training and um, just, you know, keep building muscle over this uh, off season. And then after that, my hitting facility that I sort of work at, but mainly hit basically the entire time it's open, right. um, opens at 2.30. Um, so I go home at 11.30 noon, you know, eat lunch, um, kind of hang out, um, then come to the, you know, hitting training facility at about 2.30. Um, they kind of open early for me. And then I hit from about 3 to 6, 3 to 6.30. Um, they have pitching machines here that throw everything imaginable. But also we have some pitchers here that I like to, you know, mostly get in there in the cage and mm -hmm. they throw simulated live games. So it's right. more game-like instead of just hitting off the machine um, wow. every minute of the day, basically. And then after that, um, if I need to throw, I'll throw that day right after about, you know, six thirty, seven, And after that ground ball till they close at eight. So basically from two thirty to eight, it's strictly baseball, um, whether it's hitting, fielding, mm -hmm. throwing, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I'm having a blast and I, I'm really, really was looking forward to this off season because I could, do what I needed to do to get better instead of necessarily in the college in college ranks kind of, okay, it might not benefit me, but it benefits the team per se. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of restrictions on you. There's a lot of limitations yeah, as to what you could exactly. do. You're really, as a professional, exactly. you, you, it's, it's your living. Uh, it's what you exactly. do and you do nothing else. I, I can totally, exactly. yeah, I, I'm hip to that, man. That is so, mm -hmm. that is so cool. Um, I, 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 yeah. I recently had a conversation with a friend of mine and I said, you know, we were just talking about the state of the game as we always do. And I said, you know, if people, mm -hmm. if people had an insight into what the average professional player does, uh, just to stay, you know, in a state of homeostasis, if you will, to, to not fall behind, forget about improving. Um, I think a lot of people would quit the game because I think they have a really unrealistic idea of what hard work is. And when you lay out a day like that in November, when you barely got, you know, came out of a season in September. Um, I think people really need to take note of the immense level of commitment, dedication and work that you have to put in just to keep your head above water. We're not talking about, you know, I'm, and, and you know this as well as I do. You don't go one day and say, oh my God, today I'm eight times better than I was yesterday. If you make any changes at all for the positive, they're very, very small and incremental over a period of time. And, you know, you're working on nuances and subtleties and all these kind of inside things to make yourself a little bit better play to give you an edge over somebody else. So, um, I, I knew I asked this question of the right guy because, um, you know, uh, and, and I, 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 you know me well enough to know I, I'm not uh, all that generous with my praise. But uh, one of the most impressive things I experienced in my three years in, in the Cape was the degree of dedication of that entire 2017 team in general and you in particular, I mean, you just literally never took a minute off. You really seem to value and understand that time is precious and you've got to do everything you possibly can within that short period of time you have to make yourself as good as possible. Speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tom. I mean, first, 
when I got there to the Cape, I never imagined I'd meet somebody as made the biggest, I could say that the biggest impact of my baseball career is you. And I only, I only, you know, we're with you for two, three months. So, um, thank you, thank you so much. But, but the, yeah, just the hard work I, I've ever since I was, I was probably a young kid. Um, my parents kind of instilled in me that, you know, I, and I didn't understand at the time. They're like, you know, you're probably not going to be, have Aaron judge type, you know, right. physicality or stuff like that. <laughs> right. um, exactly. And not many people do, but, but, um, I, I, you know, I'm not even six foot, so, right. uh, I'm not going to be 210 pounds, but they said, you know, you can get to where you want to be. If you put in the work every single day and commit basically your life to it. And, uh, I think at a young age kids, you know, I had that, moment where I knew what I wanted to do when I was six years old and it didn't change, you know, a single minute throughout my entire life to where I am now, where I didn't want to be a professional baseball player, where some kids, you know, when they're, when they're six, they're like, you know, I want, I might want to be this. I might want to be that where me, it was one thing and it did not change. Um, so I think when I found that, when I realized that at a young age, that, Basically, the hard work just came every day after that. Uh, when it's when I'm six years old, it's kind of it's tougher to work as hard just because you don't you know you don't know you just you just play the game and have fun. Right. right. Um, but as you know, I, especially once I got to high school, I kind of realized uh, surrounding myself with more college type players that could play in college and stuff like that. That you know, this is kind of what hard work looks like. Um, and basically just sticking to it every single day. Mm-hmm. And, um, basically I, I preach to younger kids that come in my, or not my, but the training facility here that you need to play with players that are better than you. Cause if you're, if you're the best player on your team, um, you know, who do you, who do you look up to, to, you know, realize, okay, this is what they're doing and kind of working hard that way too. Um, and learning from, you know, everyone on your team, but also keeping your eyes and ears open with um, new information. And, and I think that for when I was at the Cape was huge. Um, there were so many good players there um, and so many good coaches with you included that there was never a point of time for me to not be willing to learn because I was really surrounding myself with amazing talent, amazing coaches that had you know, a lot more information that they knew than, than I did. So why not almost be like a, just soak everything in type of thing. So I think just never being content with where you're at. Um, I kind of, I, I can't go to bed at night without, I call emptying the bucket. So basically doing everything I could that day to get to where I want to be tomorrow. Um, yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't know. A lot, a, lot, a lot of people have told me that, that I'm very hardworking, but it's just, just kind of me, you know, I, this is something that I've always lived by and, um, and I always had that, that drive. Well, I, I've always maintained that it's about craft and, um, yeah. and, 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 you know, I mean, I think it's about reps. You just gotta, you, you gotta do stuff a lot. I mean, we live in the shut it down yeah. age and guys think that you could play like a couple of times a week and, and be good at something. And that just, just isn't the truth. I mean, there's, there's no way to sugarcoat yeah. it. 
Um, you could have, you know, all the greatest technique and teachers and mentors and coaches and instructors in the world. But, you know, if you're going to play once or twice a week and half ass it, uh, all that, all that information really is, has no value. I'd rather have no information and be taking a thousand ground balls a day and, you know, a thousand swings, you'll probably get pretty good. Um, but if you have mm-hmm. the opposite, uh, all the information, you're not doing the reps and putting in the time, which is obviously what you have done. And I saw it firsthand. Uh, and I have the blisters on my hands to, to prove it. I think, I think if people saw the early work, you know, the grind of the early work every single day and, you know, ground balls on your knees, you know, all the innovative stuff that we did, uh, which, which is a challenge to keep guys interested on a daily basis. You know, I, I, I have this, people think that it's easier to coach committed players. It's really not. It's easier to coach guys who aren't committed because the bar is very low. There's no level of expectation. And one of the great things about being around guys like you in that 2017 and all all the teams that I've been associated with in the Cape, um, but especially uh, that, that year, was the players were so good and so committed that we had to really up our game. It pushed us. It pushed me. I think I learned so much in that season because we'd go back to the house. You know, Neil, Jason, and I lived together, and we would start to think about early work after dinner. Like, all right, listen, what are we going to do tomorrow? Like, we got to think about, you know, Connor Smith, well, let's have him do this. And what about, you know, CT's got to do that. Engage, you know, let's work. Maybe we'll talk about it. And as you know, we'd get to the park the next day, and it would be, all right, why don't we try? And then if somebody had an idea that they wanted to do something, well, maybe we'd go in a different direction. So um, it really uh, helped all of us. It's, it was such a, it's such a fertile environment for everyone if you take advantage of it and no one took advantage of it certainly more than you did you were really a sponge and i I think that's going to serve you well and and also i think what it does and and, you know talk to this a little bit i mean i've always said this you know i could put my head on the pillow at night and rest easy because i've left it all on the field you know i i I don't have anything else Mm -hmm. to give so um talk to that a little bit uh you know as a professional athlete how, what does that mean to you that, you know, your conscience is clear? Yeah. I mean, um, it's a lot, like you said, it's a lot easier for me to go to bed at night. Um, knowing that I have no regrets because my biggest regret and, um, and basically I don't want to have biggest regret. I don't want to happen is, uh, me to not reach my potential. Um, that's my biggest thing that scares me the most. So that's kind of why I work as hard as I do to, try to get to my potential, but potential is a, it's a tough word because you, you never know, you know? Um, right. I, but, I think you, but, I think you have something that I tell people you need in order to be really good at anything. And, and I really mean this. And I think this might be what's missing in the American player uh, in the 21st century anyway, to a certain degree. I think you have a healthy sense of desperation desperation mm-hmm. is a wonderful motivator. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, you're not going to get enough food to eat or enough, you know, a, a bed to sleep in. But what it does mean is that every day you wake up saying, I got to get my stuff done. Talk to me about yeah. that. Yeah, that's the first thing that gets in my mind. Like, I, I was thinking about this the other night. I like, I crave early mornings because, especially during this off season, because I know, okay, I love to get better and I love to see progress. And in the mornings is right before I start getting getting better for that day. So I crave mornings because I can't wait to get to the gym. I can't wait to work um, in, at the baseball facility here and train. And basically 
yeah, I would say I, I am desperate to just keep getting better to where I want to be. And I'd say, yeah, that, I mean, I definitely see with that, with what you said with American players that they're, we're almost kind of expected, you know, and given all these opportunities right. instead of like all these, I, I've never played with Latin players before playing pro ball and they literally do not take a second for granted here. Um, that's probably could be why, you know, there's some of the best players in the world um, mm-hmm. and they're almost taking over major league baseball. Um, they just have a you know knack for working extremely hard. Um, and the alternative, and, the alternative is not pleasant. Going back home is not a pleasant yeah. alternative for them. And basically for them, it's either, okay, I'm going to get off the Island playing ball right. or, you know, basically not homeless, but close to it, you know, right. like it's, it's just, it's tough. Um, yeah, you, that, see, that's you really where see the desperation comes from. Yeah. yeah. You see how the other half lives when you start experiencing those yeah. guys and you realize, wow, yeah. holy crap. Am I lucky? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It opened my eyes big time because I've never, ever played with any other Latin players um, before. Um, Sorry, my pro career, and it, it was yeah, it was definitely eye opening. Yeah, that'll sure. teach you a little gratitude, that's for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, for sure. So, you get the call. Cleveland says we're taking you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've asked this question of a couple of other guys. Um, one day you're an amateur. The next week you're a professional. Mm-hmm. Over the first couple of weeks and I know this happens, a, a strong impression is made on you. What, what was your, what was the most stark difference between, wow, I was in amateur baseball last week and now I'm in professional baseball. This is really, this part of it is really different. Um, basically I'd say the level of responsibility, um, in professional baseball, it's basically, the coaches are there to help, but they're not there to, you know, tell you what to do. Right. Uh, where in college, in college ball, it's like, okay, let's have practice. Oh God. We're going to do this, this, and this. You know, oh, really? um, <laughs> what a drag. Where in the professional, <laughs> <laughs> and in the professional ranks, it's like, it's more individualized. Like, yeah, we might be doing a infield drill, but. It's more grown it's up. Be, you mean like you're a grown up? Yeah. 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 And I, that is something I absolutely love. And, you know, going from amateur to professional, I, I had no clue. Like I was, you know, I just never really knew what it was going to be like. And I, I wouldn't until I experienced it. But when, uh, when I first got the sense of what it was going to be like, I absolutely loved it. And it was very, very similar to um, the Cape experience. Thank you. And that's the goal, baby. Literally. Yeah, literally exactly the same. When when I my infield coach out there, I was like, this guy is literally Tommy. Like it was <laughs> unbelievable. Like just uh, how we approached um, players, how we communicated with players, how just how he was so knowledgeable, intelligent. It was it was unbelievable. I was like I'm having flashbacks to the tape right now. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> it was you got to be. You're a good PR man. I got to hire you to do my public relations. Thank <laughs> no, you. I mean, Thanks. I, I appreciate that. Of course, of course. Big part of my of my baseball career so right, far. You bet. So. You bet. And I'm always here for you. You know that. That's a promise I made you. <laughs> yeah. We are gonna 
take a break. All right, we're going to play some music. We're going to pay some bills. And we're going to be right back with my dear friend, Connor Smith. You're listening to The Conversation with Tommy Weber. We'll be right back. This episode of The Conversation with Tommy Weber is brought to you by 4momalz.com. Join the fight against Alzheimer's and support our good friends, Hunter and Braden Bishop, as they bring awareness to a struggle that many families face through their charity, 4mom. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at hashtag 4mom. And for all your mortgage needs, call Northern Security Capital Corp., the New York area's most dedicated mortgage broker. If you're buying or refinancing a home, there's only one place to go. Call Northern Security Capital Corp. today at 718-273-1010. And now, back to the show. We are back with the infielder from the Cleveland Indian Organization. How good does that sound, pal? Connor Smith. It sounds, it sounds pretty good. You can never pretty get. Good. Am I right? You can never get enough of that. <laughs> no, no, no. That is true. Good for you, man. It's great. I'm so happy for you. Um, you. you know, um, when I think back uh, on the summer we spent together, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen. You know, I love you. You're my friend, so we we could sit, tell the truth. The last time we saw each other, we were crying. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, that was one of the most poignant moments of my baseball life. We had just won the championship, 5,000 people on the field. It's Bedlam. It was really an amazing, amazing journey for, for, for all of us for a million reasons. Um, you know, nine games, nine days, face elimination five times. And, and, and really just a unique group of people. It doesn't happen to every team. Every team is not like this and it doesn't diminish every other team. But you know, the championship speaks for itself and those guys do as well. Um, and as it starts to wane, there's a funny thing that happens. And I, I started to think about this as we kind of, as it all started to calm down is that, wait a minute, you know, I'm not going to see these guys. I may not see a lot of these guys yeah. again. And I was sitting in the dugout and I looked to my left and why don't you tell everyone what I saw? I was trying to keep it together, but I knew as soon as I, I had to say goodbye because I was leaving that day, obviously. And I was like, I'm going to lose it when I see Tommy. And this, it just speaks for the amount of respect, um, the amount of how, how much, how much you helped me that summer and, and helped me grow as a baseball player, but also just as a, as a man, um, and to this day, like, like I said before, just the, the greatest impact anyone's ever had on me as a baseball player. Just not, I'm not even coach, just thank you, man. Person, yeah. Um, I mean that that basically is. Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, I, and, I go ahead. And basically, once I saw you, I'm like, and I lost it. I just so many emotions were going through my head, and I'm like. You know, this very well could be the last I ever I ever see him, and just that emotion, just and also with we just won. It was just it was unbelievable. Um, I still have emotions for you, and I mean, you're, you're just a great 
great person. Thanks, so, man. Thanks. And, and, and I got to tell you, when I, when I looked to my left, I didn't want to look because I knew, <laughs> I knew that you were losing it. And I was like, wait a second, I can't do this because this is going to be really tough. You know, there were certain guys, as you know, we were really close knit. I mean, basically we were close knit with everybody, but you know, in any club, obviously the pitchers are kind of in their own world and pitching world. Yeah. And there's the players. <laughs> yeah. uh, we were all so very close and had such a great time, irrespective of winning. I mean, God, it was great to win, but we were just really a happy group, a very joyful group of guys. Um, nothing mm-hmm. was sacred, which is one of the great things about baseball. You know, you could make fun of guys for any reason you want. Um, you know, nothing's off limits. And we did that obviously all all throughout the summer. And when I, when I realized that basically by process of elimination, there was one guy left, I'm like, and I'm an emotional guy. So, you know, it, it was really a special moment for me because, not only was the season special, but was the the most special thing was the players, and of course, our relationship speaks for itself. And uh, that was a very, very tough moment. But I'm very glad that we shared that moment because that's what it's really all about, mm-hmm. man. You know, yeah. I hope you yeah. get I hope you get to the big leagues and make a lot of money and 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 realize your full potential. But when it's all said and done, it's about. Uh, you know, I just had a conversation today with Chandler Taylor on the phone for an hour, and I, and I said, listen, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just happy when good things happen to people you love. I mean, how could you not be? I mean, that's what it's all about. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and and in that very short time, you get very close because the stakes are high, you know, the stakes are high for you guys. And I know that, and I appreciate that. And I want so much for you guys to succeed. So when I see, uh, my friends and kids that I really love, uh, doing well, it it warms my heart. So, uh, we're going to shift gears right now though, because otherwise I'll start crying again. Um, (laughs) Um, let me let me ask you this. Another thing I think people would like to know. Take us through the minor league day. It's game day. Take us through the day. Uh, yeah. So basically, at home, at I love. Okay, so I love getting there as soon as possible. I'm always the first one there. Um, I'm shocked. It didn't matter if I was in college ball or pro I'm ball. Shocked. Um, I was always the first one to show up, and I always got made fun of that. Uh, but I, I take that almost as a compliment. Absolutely. So um, basically at game time, 7 p.m., I would get there 10.30-ish. <laughs> That's a late day. Um, and so basically I, in short season A and in um, low A, it's in Ohio, and I'm from Michigan. So I had my car there, um, thankfully. Um so you, but, were, in, you yeah. were independent. So I, you could I get drove, there anytime you want. Yes. Right. Exactly. Which that's why I loved it. Um, so yeah, I'd get there at 1030, um, watch film from either the night before, or if we had an off day, watch film from, you know, the day before that, um, the swing, um, what looked good, what didn't, what, um, and if the hitting coach, basically if I, if I wanted to see the hitting coach to kind of work, or see what he sees, um, I can do that. Um, and then they also would have film of the pitcher for tonight's game. Um, so, you know, the lineup would be on the board and I would see the pitcher. So I'd be okay. I'd go look at, um, his stats. You know, I, I'd love to see how many walks they have. Cause basically that kind of walks to innings. So that kind of basically tells right. you, okay, is he around the zone? Right. Um, three, one, can I swing type of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would look at film of that picture. Um, I, I love 
seeing a pitcher, his arm slots, whatever, before I actually get out there. I, I think most people are like that. Um, but yeah, so basically, and that would probably be until about lunchtime, 1230. Um, so thankfully I have my car. I can go get something to eat, come back. Um, usually report isn't until probably one thirty or mm-hmm. 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would usually do my, after I eat, um, uh, get back probably, you know, one, one thirty. That's when all the other guys start to, to uh, come up and then I would do my prep work. So I would do my roots, flexibility routine, stretching routine that I do every single day before a game, before BP. Um, BP would be, uh, I don't know, probably like five, five, five 30-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, though, I'd go out um, with some of the guys and take some early ground balls, um, just some short hop work, just literally right. the exact same drills we did um, right. out in the cave with you, Tommy. Um, basically, stuff like that, just kind of get get ready before BP because BP is the closest thing to game like you can get. Um, so I don't want to be going through the motions to get loose during BP fielding wise, because I want that to treat that as a game. Um, so basically BP would be then, um, you read never, you read everything, you're reading everything off the bat. Like it's the game. Everything. Yep. Yep. And especially for me playing all these different positions, I need more reps more live reps at, right. you know, third and second than I do at short, but I still take every rep um, off the bat and as live as possible. Cause that's, that's the closest you're going to get. Absolutely. Um, and then once BT is over, you know, their team has to take BT. So I come in, um, you know, get, get something to eat. And then this is, you're going to laugh at this Tommy, but I, I was, I got made fun of this many times. So I have my own tea and my own, um, Wiffle balls, okay? Mm-hmm. And no matter if it was home or away, I would go out during their BP and hit wiffle balls on the field because um, Tony Gwynn used to do that. And I, I saw I saw like a video of him doing it. And basically, because it's wiffle balls, you can tell the, the slice more than others right. if you're hitting it true or not. Right. Um, so basically, I always got made fun of by our <laughs> team, the other team. But it was something that I needed to do because if I didn't, I, I felt like I wasn't ready. And I hit multiple players in the outfield with wiffle balls of the other teams at times. But oh my God. Um, it, it is what it is. Um, I love it. But then but then after that, you know, right after their BP, uh, we would go hit in the cage at 630 off like a live hack attack that throws, you know, pretty hard just right. to kind of get our eyes ready. Um, and then game time at seven and just go from there. Yeah. Wow. And then after that is this basically kind of do your plus minus uh, with yourself, but we always also had it as a team. Um, so, okay, this is stuff that we did well, didn't do well. I mean, you you kind of know. It's more at the lower levels of my league ball right. that you do that, at least right. in the Indians organization. Because, yeah. I mean, you know if you if you suck that day. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, um, and then, yeah, basically I had a host family, so um, – I, you know, ate there at the field. They always had like a spread for us after the game. And then um, go back home, sleep, do the same thing the next day. Well, for everybody listening, that's a minor league day. How about that? So be careful what you wish for. You may actually have to do that. And guess what? You have to do it every friggin' day. (laughs) Every day. Every day. You know, um... 
another thing I want to tell you is that a lot of people tell me how much their kids love the game. And I said, you know what? A lot of kids love the game if it's easy. You know, it's travel ball, you're going to tournaments, and you're wearing all the gear, and you're getting chauffeured to and from the game. The real test of whether or not you've got the stomach, and I don't even like to use the word love, you know, because I know you love what you do, and I love what I do, and I, and that's fine. But, but do you have the stomach for it is when it gets really inconvenient, and when it's every day, and you don't have a choice, and it's all day, I'll tell you what. That is where the rubber meets the road. And a lot of guys don't realize, wow, would again, another day of this, you know, and and, and I'm I'm sure you see it and I'm sure you saw it this year, you know, guys, you know, not everyone, I want you to talk to this just a little bit. Not everyone is as enthusiastic, committed and driven and all in as you are. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I've, I've seen it at the professional ranks, but um, especially at the college ranks, not to put down uh, where I went to school, but uh, first in the professional ranks, yeah, you, you can definitely, I'd, it's, I'd say age is something to that too. Um, usually younger younger players don't really understand as much, um, especially, you know, all these 16, 17-year-old Latins that come here. Um, right. They don't, you know, there, there's, you can you can tell that they're young, um, just kind of how how they go about everything. Um, but um, yeah, you, you can kind of see that they kind of get burnt out, especially towards the end of the year. Um, because I was in short A basically, well, right when they started to the end, but they had extended spring training right. the entire time leading up to that. So basically, when I was with short A, it was they were gapped. Um, and you, right. you could tell, you know, some guys are like, oh, it's kind of going through the motions. Um, but then, you know, there's also those that just keep working super hard. Right. right. Um, but it's but, not it's not everyone. Uh, it's not everyone. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, but especially in the college ranks, like, like I said, not to put down uh, Western or anything, but uh, they, they just um, some complained about going to practice and stuff. I'm like, like, dude, like. I absolutely loved going to practice. Right. Like it, it, but practice was what benefited the team. So I had to say before, or after to get necessarily what I needed to do. Uh, for others, practice is just required, and they would just do what is, requ- is required, um, and basically barely do that because you know it's just kind of they're going through the motions during practice. Um, it's just I never have really understood those people and why why necessarily they they play, um, especially at the college ranks. Um, it's like no one's you know making you play, and um, I never have gotten along with guys like that. Um, well, that's what sets but, you apart. You know, just, that's, you know be thankful yeah. be thankful for those guys because they make you look good. Right? <laughs> they do by comparison. By yeah. comparison, you know, a manager or a coach is not going to gravitate towards a guy. You know, two guys who are close in ability. A manager or a coach or an organization is not going to gra- uh, gravitate towards the guy who kind of is a part-timer. They're just not. Now, obviously, if, yeah. one, if one guy is an outlier skill-wise, then it doesn't matter. Then you can get the Manny Machados exactly. yeah. of the world. But yeah. uh, when guys are close, <laughs> yeah. and as you know, as you know, and people don't really appreciate this as well, as you start to get further and further up the ladder, now you're in Pro Bowl, you see a lot of guys are close. You know, yeah, you're going to see the guys who are, I'm sure you saw guys that were like, this guy's going to the big leagues, no question about it. But 
a lot of guys are in a big pile and they're very, very close. Somebody's a little bit better, a little bit worse, a little bit better, a little bit worse. And what's going to make the difference is, you know, factors other than just your measurables. Yes. Right? Your your versatility. um, Go ahead. That's like the big thing that the, that the Indians teach is, um, you know, like you said, like uh, as you go up in the ranks, of course, there's going to be some that are, you know, top tier players in the right. organization or stuff like that. But there's a lot of a lot of guys that are very similar, um, and basically their routines and how much work they put in and kind of what type of person they are, but also mentality, dedication, hardworking, basically those type of attributes kind of, you know, will, will in the long run sets you apart from the difference others makers. because others don't have that or don't have as much of that. So, okay. Right. Like they're not going to get as good as quick, basically. Um, they look at you as a person and a player, um, kind of, you know, Combine those two. Um, it makes a difference. So I, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah. Makes a big difference. Um, yeah. Preference at the professional level uh, over position you want to play. Um, I like second. Um, I, I played most. Of this, well, actually, I played in rookie ball. I played mostly short. Um, surprisingly, because our. Um, Short, one of the shortstops got hurt, so I was basically. They were like, "Yeah, you know," like, and I I did well. But when I moved up to, well, I went from rookie ball to low A. I skipped short season. I went right to low A. I played second base. Um, I, I've, you know, working with you, Tommy, and also some at Western. Um, it wasn't too foreign. Um, right. It's just a different angle, um, but but it's you know same ground balls type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then third base, um, I played a little bit at short A, um, and that I third base is the biggest difference I thought. Um, but it, it's more of just positioning and you know bunt coverages. Yeah, bunt coverages. I, I know Tommy, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know me too well. But <laughs> no, but you're right. It's, it's it is. Uh, you know, you do have to know yeah. where to go. Yeah, yeah. And the Indians are pretty. They, they shift. Um, right, right. A lot more than you know most mm-hmm. professional teams, and especially in college. So that that part of it too, um, just knowing positioning for different types of hitters for basically three positions if I had to play. So if I had to play second, short, and third, um, basically, okay, if I get stuck here, where do I need to, you know, position myself to make the play, you know, at each of those positions. So, um, so but I, I prefer second. So in the age of the shift, what's happened really yeah. is third base has become a hybrid position. You're really, you're not a third baseman and you're not a shortstop. You're kind of a, a cross mm-hmm. between the two. Um, and I think, I think, in general, comment on this, you know, I don't know if I've got this right or not, but I think third base is easier to play, but it's quicker. You know, your decisions, there's less contemplation, there's less plotting. It's not Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that syrupy kind of position where you could, you know, glide to the ball. The ball's on you. You got to make the play. And then you got to make the throw. It's 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 a little bit of a, a more of an 
an angular position as opposed to the middle, which is more circular. How about that? Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's, um, that's something that I do like about third base. Uh, you, you literally have no time to think. And if you right. do, it's by you. Um, right. and one, one of the first times I played third base in, in uh, short season A, um, I was playing, you know, infield in. Uh, on the corners, at least, and um, there, there are three hole was up. I'm like, oh god, um, this is this isn't going to be good. <laughs> um, hits a shot, so they have a uh, track man. So it was 106 off the bat, right to me. Oh god! And I'm like, I didn't even know what happened, and I had the ball. I'm like, well, thank god that that I caught that and didn't hit my chest. But that was the first moment. I'm like, okay, I've, I've gotten the pro ball, but yeah. you know, third base, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, third base kind of being a hybrid. Um, it, it's, it, it's different, um, but in terms of quickness, I, I kind of like that because you don't have time to think. Sometimes when I overthink is when I, you know, make silly errors or... Um, right, of course, we you know, all do. Try right. to throw before I, right. before I have the ball. Right. We're at third, you got to catch it, then throw. There's no time to think about throwing before you're catching it. Cause and also, you're, you're, you're in a spot in the field you've never been. You've never started from yeah. that spot. Like you've gotten there, yeah, maybe yeah. at short, you know, you range to your right or at third, you ranged way to your left. But the spot you start at, you've kind of never started at if you're an infielder. And mm-hmm. all, all the infielders who are listening can identify with that. <laughs> you know, since you're a child, you've played, you know, one of three spots ostensibly with some leeway, a mm-hmm. few feet one left or right. But now you've literally created a new spot on the field from which to start. And as you know, one of the one of the really integral parts of fielding is the look of the ball when it comes at you. You're used to when you play conventional mm-hmm. shortstop or second base, you've seen that flight a billion times. When you start to get into that hybrid spot, you've never seen the ball off the bat from that spot. Yeah, I mean that is true. And that's why BP is special. I was just gonna say that. Your hot reads, man. You gotta get super yeah, absolutely. super important. Yep. Yeah. Um and I DH sometimes um, in short A. In those days that I DH, I would immediately go right to third base. I'm like, I'm gonna, you know, that's the hardest position for me to, right? You know, just just try to acclimate myself to. And um, it's like, you know, this is the perfect time because anything, basically, third base is the quickest on you position. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. You know, batting ball wise. So well, why not kind of test yourself too? You know. Um, so it, it was a good, very good experience. And, um, I had a lot of fun at third base. Um, and, and I'm sure, you know, down the road next year, I'm sure I'll be playing some of that too. And that's kind of the one thing too. Um, on the Cape, you tell me, Tommy is his versatility is so important. No question. Um, and I never played any other position, but short. And now in pro ball, I've, I, I, you know, in rookie ball, I did because of injury, but other than that, haven't played short. So I thank you, Tommy, for, um, you know, showing me the ropes with, with wow. these positions. And, Con- Connor and Smith, you'll, you'll do anything for 20 bucks, boy. I give you $20. You'll <laughs> constantly say nice things. No, dude, but, but, dude. For, no, but for real, like, you know, just versatility is so important. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, Listen, in this day and age, and, and, you know, dude, check this out, right? None of us want to give up shortstop, right? We're all shortstops. And, and it's almost mm-hmm. like when you, when you tell somebody they need to be versatile, they think you're telling them that they can't play one position. What you're really telling them is if you could have a facility at all three, you're way more mm-hmm. valuable than if you can only play one. Because if you can only play one and there's a better guy than you, you don't play. 
But if yeah. you could play all three, mm-hmm. now you have three opportunities in the game in which to, to get in the game, stay in the game, start a game, play three times a week. You know, the Ben Zobrist kind of guys, which, which yeah. from an mm-hmm. economics point of view, you really now become a two-roster spot guy. You know, they could now... You, you represent more than one player, even though you're one person. And that is immeasurable to a team. If you have a little bit of proficiency at the bat, you run the bases. Now, all of a sudden, you are that guy that baseball has always embraced. I mean, it's nothing new. Uh, the utility okay. guy has always been very valuable. But now, with the economics being what they are, geez, you're basically getting two for one or three yeah. for one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and basically when I got to pro ball, it was, I I was drafted as a second baseman. So I, I then was like, you know, okay, like, um, I probably won't be playing short unless, you know, something happens injury wise. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if I wasn't open to, you know, changing, not changing, but playing different positions, then I don't know if I'd be in the position where I'm at. Um, when I went to, when I was in rookie ball, you know, I played, I practiced at, you know, multiple positions. Um, so that was a good thing to kind of get my feet wet with, um, just kind of the pro ball lifestyle of playing right. those positions. Right. Um, but yeah, when I went to low A and short A, it was kind of, okay. I, I didn't know what position I was playing, but I knew I was going to be playing the next day where if I didn't have the versatility, I don't know if I would even be in that situation and I don't even know if I'd be playing because I might've been, you know, had a, had a guy in front of me at a position this is, because I, I could play multiple. I, I knew I was going to be in the lineup the next day. This is such it's valuable stuff. Game. This is such valuable stuff that we're hearing from Connor Smith, 2017 champion Cape Cod and uh, Cleveland Indians farmhand and a dear friend of mine. We spent a ton of time together. We probably logged three years in two and a half months. Uh, um, and, and this is such great stuff because you would be shocked. I don't think you'd be shocked at how many times I'll work out with a, you know, a clinic or whatever, you know, 12, 13 year old kids and, you know, and I'll work guys from both sides of the bag and then put them at their base and parents will say, no, my son's a shortstop. And I'm like, really, really? Yeah, he's a shortstop yeah. now because the rest, yeah. the rest of the kids on his team are terrible, yeah. okay? He's the only kid who can catch the ball, so he becomes the shortstop. In two years when he's in high school and somebody else could play, and he says, I'm only a shortstop, and the manager says, well, now you're also only on the bench because you could have played true. third that base, right? Well, project a few mm-hmm. years later and you're in pro ball. Well, what do you say? No, of course not, because now yeah. it's just about playing. <laughs> Um, exactly. Great, great, exactly. great stuff. You must have really rehearsed for this because you're doing fabulous. All right, we're going to play a game quickly. Yeah, we're going to play a game. I'm going to have you back on. I'm definitely having you back on because this is too good. We haven't. We, we're going to run out of time. We got so much ground to cover. This has just been a, a pure delight uh, catching up with you. So um, we can't. We got to text and Skype and do all that stuff, man. We can't lose touch. <laughs> sure. it's too for valuable. Sure. All right, so. Um, this is called quick pitch. Everybody that's been on the show has done it. All the guys, everybody. So uh, I don't want you to feel any pressure. I'm just going to give you a word or a thought and you're going to give me your thought. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Do you need, (laughs) do you need to get loose before you do? I'm good. I'm good. We'll see. I'm good. I should be good. All right. Okay. All right. This is great. Um, all right. Favorite food. Spaghetti. Good man. Good man. You're a closet Italian. I knew it. That's why I love you. Uh, favorite sound? 
wood bat with the ball. I knew you were going to do that. I knew that one. That was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. What 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 was the last show you binge watched? Ozark. 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 Yeah. How was that? That's what. What's his name? Who's? It was that's, good. That's uh, Bateman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, it was it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I have to check that out. Favorite movie. Oh, jeez. Um, I love dodgeball. That's a, that's a great, great, one of the great. You could dodge a wrench. You could dodge a ball. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like third base. <laughs> Let's do it for patches. <laughs> that is a great movie. It's a great movie. Great movie. Oh, God. Uh, all right. Who, you know, as a kid, who inspired you? Derek Jeter. I mean, it's pretty, yeah, Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. Pretty inspirational dude. I think mm-hmm. history I think history is going to be very kind to somebody like Derek Jeter, man. What a great player. Mm-hmm. What a great credit yeah, to the game, too. Uh, you know, I watched yeah, Jeter play for 20 years. I never did mm-hmm. not see him run hard to first base. He ran hard. Saying that. Yeah. He had over 300 and some odd, I think he had like 350 infield hits. You know how you get those? You run hard. He and I remember you saying how Robinson Cano will never get a batting title because right. of that. That's right. No leg hits. And, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You got to hit 400 to hit 330 if you're not going to run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not related to you, okay? Not mm-hmm. Not living... Three dinner guests. Gee, that is tough. Uh, Tony Gwynn. Oof, what a hitter. Um, what a player. He's a great player. Oh, No, I can't even remember his name. Um, the oh, Ted Williams, pretty good hitter. <laughs> and you know, they asked Ted Williams, "What would you hit in today's game?" And he said, "Like two eighty. And he said, 280 You're like a lifetime three fifty hitter." He said, "Yeah, but I'm seventy eight years old." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then the third one. Oh, jeez. I got um, to I, I think of this quick. Um, I would, this is going to sound weird, but I would like Roy Holiday. Just from a pitching side of it, I, I've okay. kind of always been fascinated. Oh, right. good. Sometimes, yeah, I ask uh, some um, pitchers, how, how would you get me out? Type of thing. All right. so I kind of like the the, the pitchers with, side of it too. With that kind of with that kind All of a, guys. with that kind of a, a pause, I'm I'm just hoping you don't come up with like some serial killer megalomaniac. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> no, I'm no, very no. happy. I'm I'm happy you didn't go that no. route. All right. So listen, listen. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do. We're, I'm gonna wrap it up. But but dude, I'm gonna give you a call. I'm gonna call you tomorrow. We're gonna talk about some some other stuff. I want to talk to you about. All right. Okay. All right. Yep. And we're going to, this is, a, this has been just absolutely a delight. Um, I, um, I cannot, 
thank you enough, uh, not just for, for coming on, for being my friend and, and just for being such a, such a super guy. And you know, uh, as I've told you a million times, I got your back and whatever you need, I'm always here for you. Yeah, thank you so much, Sammy. You're, you're the man. And I, I know I, I can go on and on about you, but you know, thank you so much. I appreciate it. No, I love you, and I will speak to you tomorrow. Everybody, this was one hell of a show. My man, Connor Smith. This is The Conversation with Tommy Weber. We are. We will be back next week. Connor, thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon, pal. Love you. All right. I right. love you too, Tommy. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to The Conversation with Tommy Weber. Have any thoughts on today's episode? Ideas for a new one? Join the conversation on Twitter at TommyWeberBball or Instagram at TommyWeberBaseball and share your thoughts. Tommy's back next week with a new episode of The Conversation. Subscribe and listen for free at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And of course, always at TommyWeberBaseball.com. Come.